Hey guys, welcome to the Fit Town Show. This is Coach Andrew, and I'm joined by another Andrew today, one of our members, Andrew Scheffler. And today's podcast is going to be all about Andrew's weight loss and transformation journey. He's lost over 100 pounds in the last two years or so, and we talk a lot after his workouts about how he's translating some of the things he's doing inside the gym to outside the gym that we wanted to dive into today. So Andrew started with us not too long ago, back in July of 2020, and he's one of the few people that said, I'm going to lose weight prior to starting, or we often heard, I'm going to get in shape before starting with you. And he's one of the few people that actually followed through with that. He lost a ton of weight before coming in, and he's broken through some of the plateaus since starting and continued to lose weight and transform his body over the last year and lost a total of, what's the number? 116 pounds. 116 pounds, which is yeah. awesome. So um, we'll get into some of the details. Can you tell us just a little bit about you personally, like get to know Andrew real quick? Yeah, so I'm from here. I'm from the- Born and raised? Uh, well, I was born in Pennsylvania okay. and then my parents moved here when I was two. So okay. essentially I was from here, uh, went to high school, you know, down the street, mm-hmm. and uh, I was not an athletic kid in high school. Like, I didn't play sports hardly at all. I played a lot of video games <laughs> with my friend across the street. I played golf. I tried out. My brother was, like, the big man on campus, and, like, he uh, he was, like, on the football team and the wrestling team, and he would, like, encourage me to, like, try out for all these yeah. things, and, like, I would, but I would just kind of give up. And then I like kind of like golf, so I started golfing. I got on the golf team, and then um, yeah, I joined the Navy after high school. Uh, I was a nuclear engineer on a submarine for six years, and then uh, I went to UF, and that's where I met my wife and mm-hmm. girlfriend, and then became wife. <laughs> and then uh, I moved here. I got a job with a local energy company. Cool. And um, kids too. Yeah, I have an eight-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. Awesome. So, yeah. Cool. So let's talk about the uh, the journey. What what made you start knowing? Okay, it's time to lose weight. And you know, what were those first steps? What was your thought process then? Yeah. So I got um, when I was in the Navy, I was like very in shape. And it's not because like the Navy forces you to be in shape. Actually, the funny joke is like you're on a submarine, like you don't have to be that in shape to be on a submarine. But like in my group, it was like uh, the, you know the group that I worked with on the submarine. They, your social capital was basically how big of a man you were, right? And so uh, we would like go and do these like crazy workouts and like you know, drink our butts off and eat our faces off and like go to the bar and do all this stuff. And I got into like, I I was in shape, but I wasn't in shape for like any reason, but just to have like machismo and moxie and Mm -hmm. grit, right? And um, when I went to UF and I met my wife, it's a joke, but it's not a joke. I was working at the, the stadium at the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. I was stocking athletic equipment. And I got off of work and I went home to my apartment and I ran eight miles. That was like my workout. I went and ran eight miles. Every day? Uh, probably like five, six times a week, yeah. right? And then uh, I went to the bar, I met my wife, and that was literally the last day I worked. <laughs> and I know it sounds like ridiculous, but like that's the 
from that would be August of 08 until June of 19. I just ballooned, like totally ballooned. She's like, away. you said you're a runner. I yeah. literally have never yeah. seen you run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I would dabble in yo-yo in it, and this is the longest that I've gone so far, like keeping on a healthy streak since August of 08. Uh, but like. It's, it sounds like you had this very much like in the Navy, you'd establish this work hard, play hard mentality, yes. and then yes. you removed the work hard yeah, and, and there was still a, play hard. There was a feedback loop though, right? Where like you work hard in the bar or work hard in the gym so that like you can be attractive in the bar. And then if you were successful or not unsuccessful, there was a feedback loop where you were like, okay, like, I want to get better at that and be better, you know, just do better. Mm-hmm. And so when that fell off, right, like, I wasn't going out and partying and drinking and doing all these crazy things, like, that feedback loop, like, fell off. Yeah. And then I, like, just sort of, like, gave up. Yeah. You know? So that was all up until, you said, August of 2019? June of 2019. June, June 12, 2019. Okay. It was a Saturday. So almost a year before you started with us... Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So what you remember the day? What was that? Uh, it was just I was looked in the mirror one day and I was just like, "You, this is a, like a really dumb and vapid reason, but like, I just looked in the mirror. I was like, you are like the most unattractive person that's ever lived. Wow. You know. And uh, I mean, not like it's it's hyperbolic. It's hyperbolic, but like, not really. I was like really like hugely obese. And I was just like, dude, you got to get it together. And so it was a Saturday. There was like a, a Globo gym down the street here. Yeah. And I just went and signed up. And then I like started researching like how to lose weight, how to lose massive amounts of weight. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did, you know. And uh, I, because I'm such a big Rogan fan, he's always talking about like keto and intermittent fasting. Yeah. And so like I just started studying keto and intermittent fasting. And, uh, like, I lost the bulk of my weight in nine months. I probably lost 90 pounds in nine months. Wow. Yeah, so... And that was primarily diet, or were you having to do a lot of exercise? Yeah, so the way I put it is, like, losing weight is 95% diet and 5% working out, like, physiologically. But emotionally, it's, like, 95% working out, 5% eating right. And what I mean by that is, like, for me at least, if I'm not working out I don't feel like I'm doing anything yeah right and so like I have to like go lift weights or go on a run or just do something so even if I'm only burning like a hundred calories in the gym or I'm burning like max 200 calories in the gym and that pales in comparison to the amount of calories deficit you need to be in in order to lose a massive amount of weight yeah like it still mentally feels like you're doing something you like you're on track like your muscles are sore so you've you feel it. You yeah. feel like you're doing something, you know? I think that's a great perspective on, on it. I agree that if you have your diet dialed in, you don't really need great exercise no. to see good results. Yeah. But the exercise seems to be this keystone habit that when people do that, so much follows in the right direction yeah, afterwards. Yeah, it's all mental. And like when things get hard and you plateau, you can at least point to the, your gym workouts and say, well, yeah. at least I'm progressing in the gym or at least I'm progressing like I went from a bench of 135 to 155, right? Yeah. So you're going to at least have something in your life to point to. It's hard to beat the like the endorphins that you get yes. from a successful workout yeah, without question. too. And I think that really yeah. helps push people along. Yeah. So I, I think that like 
like I said, working out is like 95% of the emotional mental aspect of like losing a ton of weight. Yeah. And then like, of course, like eating or just being at a calorie deficit is like mm-hmm. the majority of it. So, so why do you think keto worked, worked for you? I mean, I'm, I'm not someone who's against keto. Yeah. I don't love it in our environment because we have high intensity yes. workouts that require yeah. carbs. But before you were doing super high intense workouts, why do you think keto worked really well for you? Yeah, so keto, like I read this book called Bright Line Eating. Uh, mm-hmm. There's this lady, uh, Susan, Suzanne, something Thompson or whatever. And um, you have a receptor in your brain that measures the amount of leptin that your brain produces. There's a chemical in your brain called leptin. And it basically, when your stomach is full and you feel satiated, mm-hmm. it, your, lept, your body releases leptin. It goes to your leptin receptor in your brain stem. Uh, but if you have chronically high insulin in your body, yeah. the insulin in your body prevents the reception of that leptin. So you just feel constantly hungry. Yeah. And so when you go on a low carb or no carb or keto, keto diet like and you basically get rid of insulin out of your body your body can finally feel full full right yeah. like you it's, like a lot of people think like that it's like a, a willpower thing or it like they're just weak or whatever they your body can't feel full because you have this leptin receptor being covered by like chronically high insulin and so like what happened is like after my body, like after I, like the, you could feel the insulin starting to come down, and you can measure the amount of ketones in your, like mm-hmm. in your blood and stuff like that. Like you just stop being hungry, yeah. and like that's what makes it. Like keto is really, in my opinion, like my unprofessional opinion, <laughs> is just a tool for you to intermittent fast yeah. because, like, the intermittent fasting is really what uh, the intermittent fasting is what um, puts your body in an extraordinary calorie deficit. Yeah. And like I always found it like really fascinating when I was like in the midst of losing all that weight. I was like, why does the body store fat? Like just from an evolutionary standpoint, like yeah. I don't think a lot of people think about it too often, but like why does the body store fat? And the body stores fat because like when our ancestors were roaming around the savanna, <laughs> right, you could go three, four, five days without a proper meal, yeah. right? And so you would have your body would swap its metabolic cycle over from burning glycogen from your liver mm-hmm. to burning ketones right and your your body would like uh turn your fat into ketones and the ketones will then drive your metabolic uh functioning like you know the, your heartbeat and the lungs and your brain function on so you can still yes. hunt even though you haven't eaten in like three four days and so yeah i just uh started dropping like i said i dropped 90 pounds in nine months and I would do like crazy fast, like things that I wouldn't recommend to anyone, but I was doing like- In terms five, of length, you're saying? Yeah, I would do like five, six, seven days like without eating, just water, yeah. like just hanging out and not eating. And I'm sure that happened once you became fat adapted and your body was able to, when you would stop feeding it, it was able to use the body fat that you had stored, these hundred pounds that yes. you had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I'm you, sure you couldn't have done that just Drop yeah. of the hat day one. Yeah, if you tried that while your body was on glycogen, like you would feel hor- horrible, yeah. right? And that's the point of being on a keto, is that like you can just stop eating, uh, and your body doesn't feel that awfulness, you yeah. know. And so, um, so when did, when did you walk in here for the first time? November. November. Okay, yeah. so you walked in, November, and I don't think you. 
19, right? It must have been 19. Yeah, and I think yeah. it was like partially financial at that point. Yeah. Like not it, wanting to sign up. But then also it seemed like you weren't quite ready at yeah. that point. Well, it was twofold. You're right. It was financial. Like I didn't have the money for it. And then uh, the other part was like... I think they were doing cleaning jerks that day. <laughs> and I walked in there and I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like, right? So I told Mel, I was like, I'll come back. I'm going to get the money. I'll come back. And then um, I don't remember. It was, must have been the summer, right? Yeah. June or July. I came back and um, I probably ran into some money somewhere. And I was like, I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to go do it. Yeah. Go well, I think you had started the new job. I don't know if it, how new it was, but I knew you had started the new job. I remember talking to you and we talked a little bit about um, keto and everything. And you were, you were at that point, it was like, that decision was made. You showed up ready to sign up. Yeah. So I didn't even need to try to sell you on yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, were ready yeah. to go. Well, dude, do you remember that movie 300 yeah. with Gerard Butler? When I was in the Navy, this is 2006. My buddies and I, we went and saw that movie, and they, the actors went and did this, um, like, before, this is like 2006, so it was like really before CrossFit, like, became CrossFit, or whatever. Uh, they went to this, like, place in Utah, and they were doing, like, all sorts of kettlebell weights, and cleaning jerks, and rows, and skis, and all these yeah. things, and, um... Like, me and my moron friends were, like, in my backyard, like, doing Turkish get-ups and, like, Russian uh, uh, Russian swings and all these, like, things that we had no idea what we were doing, but we saw them, like, these, like, jack guys doing it, right? Yeah. And so I actually got introduced haphazardly, sort of, to CrossFit because of that dumb movie, yeah. you know? And so... Yeah, I thought that was a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's an okay movie, I guess. So what I want to ask you is, now that you have hindsight on this process, and you're still you're still continuing to improve, but looking back, would you do it the same again, or would you have started with us earlier, or are you happy with the progression that you made and letting yourself focus on the weight loss first before adding the more intense workouts? Well, I would say that's a two-part question, or like a, there's two answers to that question. Like, my wife isn't in the best shape or wasn't in the best shape when she got here. And I kept asking her to sign up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kept asking her to sign up and she's like, well, no, like these workouts are too hard. And I was like, well, look, you can just go in and show up and you can scale the workout to whatever you want. Like whatever your athleticism is, you can go as hard or as soft as like you're comfortable going. So like there would be no, and I, you don't know that yeah. Like when you like, I didn't know that when I first joined, right? So like, and that's not something that like is like widely advertised. Is like, oh, we're here for all mm-hmm. levels. You just walk in and they're doing <laughs> cleans, right? And you're like, oh, all right. <laughs> and so like, I encouraged my wife to sign up, not having that mm. like background. Not knowing that, like... It wasn't, hey, lose 10 pounds first, then sign up. It was, you know what, just go, get started. Exactly, exactly. And then, um, but for me, it was awesome. It was, like, totally something. Because, like, when I was at the Globo Gym, I shouldn't call them a Globo Gym because it's kind of a pejorative. They're a really nice gym, and they're really well-equipped and whatever. But when I was going to the, like, just circuit training... Yeah, normal normal gym. Normal gym or whatever... Uh, like I would just do the same thing over and over and over and over again and I wasn't really making any progress but on my runs because I was just running the treadmill 
and then um, I wanted to like push the ball forward and I couldn't just do it by myself you know and I don't know if you remember this but when I first talked to you I was like oh yeah I'm just gonna come in here and I'm just gonna do my own thing and I'm gonna like I thought like I was too cool for classes and like it was like I was gonna get in shape with a barbell on my own and like you know I'm lone wolf Mr. Cool Guy but like you have absolutely no idea like what you're doing and um, it's just funny like thinking about that mentality now uh, that I'm so far into the journey right mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I, you can do it both ways. And, like, whatever my advice would be, like, whatever the people think would suit them best, then yeah. they should just go for that. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I'll add to that is that if you're, if you're someone that's been saying, I'm going to get to a certain point before I start, and you've been saying that for months or years, yeah. that's where you really have to start. Yeah. If, if, the, if the seed was, you know, for you, you spent almost a decade just ignoring this aspect of your life for the most part. Yeah. And then you said, okay, one day I'm going to do it. Yeah. And you saw success fairly quickly. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people have been saying for three years, I'm going to get in shape, I'm going to get in shape, and I'm going to get in shape. Yeah. They struggle to do it on their own. And that's where I think they should just show up. And yeah. Go. You have to find the biggest thing for losing on a massive amount of weight, in my opinion, is finding your why. And like having a why or like why you're doing these things is going to carry you through plateaus. Like that's going to carry you all the way through when things get tough and you're doing everything you're, you can possibly do right, but you're not losing any weight and your body's just metabolically adapted or whatever is going on. Right. Like you, it takes that why for you to just keep like one step in front of the other. Yeah. And if you don't have that why, and I mean, my advice, I was talking to my wife about this last night, like, don't, like, discount stupid whys, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I like to be, I like to look good. And that's, like, a vapid and dumb reason. Yeah. Um, like, it would be nice if I could be like, you know what, I want to be around for my kids. And I want to be, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I mean, all that stuff is true. That doesn't make that stuff not true, right? Like, my, I'm not pre-diabetic anymore, yeah. right? My anxiety level, I used to suffer horribly from anxiety or like debilitating anxiety mm -hmm. and all that stuff is gone and like it would be nice if that was the why like you yeah. know it would be this more normal story of like why I come here every day and crush myself but I would just say like whatever why that you have just if it works for you just let it work for you like don't question the reason yeah. of why it works for you just let it work for you yeah yeah i agree and, yeah. and then let those other things stack in the water yeah there's right? no like i was one time i was saying to a buddy of mine like losing weight is kind of like on a you're on a road and you can clearly see like what's behind you like you know what's back yeah. there right but like up ahead there's like a curve that you can't see mm -hmm. like the road curve so you can't see like what's ahead of you right but you can at least look back and you don't really know where you're going forward but you know that it's almost way better than what was behind you, right? Yeah. So like, you don't have to know the reason or have a great, like, excellent why or whatever. As long as you just keep moving forward and you use that why to keep moving forward, then that's like really all you need to do. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a key piece too. And like the other thing too, I've been thinking pretty deeply about this is like, um, like, this is a fairly controversial statement, but, like, I think free will is an illusion. Like, there's a philosopher that I really enjoy. I listen to his podcast mm -hmm. all the time. 
I think he's approximately right on this, on this, you know, assertion that free will is an illusion. Like, going back to, like, your brain, like, if you sort of study, like, the, the why you think about what you think about, your brain is sort of this, like, ranked voting system, right? Mm -hmm. And if you broke it up into three parts, you have your brain stem, which is, like, your lungs, your heart, you know, your leptin receptor, things like that. Then you have your amygdala that, like, uh, controls your emotions. And then you have your prefrontal and neocortex, which is, like, your thinking brain. You do math mm -hmm. with that and stuff like that. And like a good way to think about it is that like your amygdala and your into a greater extent extent your brainstem is in like most of the control of your thoughts and feelings, yeah. right? And your prefrontal cortex is sort of like the press secretary for your brain, right? And so yeah. like you can say like, oh, I want to lose a ton of weight, but like if your leptin receptor, which is in your brainstem, is not is fully covered up with insulin and you go on a diet and the diet fails and it's because you're hungry all the time right that's a like for lack of a better term that's a medical reason yeah right but your knee you know, your prefrontal cortex says like oh well i'm weak-willed yeah. right it comes up with the excuses for the parts of your brain that can't really talk you know what i'm saying and so like uh yeah i i, I agree fully in this and I've had a similar experience where before I, I ate the way that I do now and even when I go off track I can feel those cravings just it's an onslaught of cravings yeah. whereas when I'm eating good I just it's it's almost effortless yeah um, I posted Absolutely. recently about me giving up alcohol and coffee yeah. and that would have been very hard at certain periods of my time it would have required a lot of willpower and it's almost like it just has fallen away as a habit over yeah. the last 40 days very easily because the physical has helped me with the mental rather than it just being all mental willpower. I'll give you like another example. So like one of another really um, one of my other favorite philosophers is Professor Columbia. He wrote this article or an essay called The Elephant and the Rider. Mm -hmm. And he says like your emotions is like this elephant, right? And your body and everything else that you do is the rider, right? Yeah. And if you're an emotional eater, right, and you're stressed out all the time, like, that's the elephant. Like, the elephant is going one way, and no matter how bad the rider wants to go left, if the elephant's going right, it's going right. And there's like, that's a good analogy for your emotions. Like, if your emotions are going right, like, you're going right. Like, yeah. no matter how bad you want your thinking brain wants to go left, like, yeah. that's the path you're going down. So, like it's easy for you or it's like i think it's better for someone if they're an emotional leader for them to remove themselves or hack themselves out of those situations so they yeah. can calm their amygdala down but so that they can finally think clearly and get themselves in a position where they like can go down the road that they want to go down and then once the ball starts moving that's like the hardest part is just getting the ball moving yeah. you know so yeah, I agree. I think I think it starts with sort of hacking your environment and your systems before trying to hack your willpower because ultimately if it rise, relies on willpower solely. It's going to fail. It's inevitably going to fail. Yeah, it's absolutely going to fail. Yeah. So I want to talk about, 
you talked a lot about your pre-journey before Fit Town. Now I want to talk about once you got to Fit Town and the nutrition side of that. I know you started working with Danielle yeah, pretty recently, in January, and I've changed a lot yeah. since then. You're not doing keto, yeah. so what what do you see as the differences there? How well, like I was, like we made it through the holidays, and like I was kind of just eating like a jerk and like going crazy. And I was like, oh, whatever. I'm like doing like all these crazy <laughs> workouts, and like I was doing well, but I wasn't like doing as well as I am now. Yeah, I, I like I kind of decided I want to take this more seriously, and yeah. like the first step is like eating better and doing the nutrition coaching. Now, was when you say take this more seriously, was that okay? I'm not performing as well in the gym as I want. Yeah. Or what was that thing? You yeah, saw? it was like. Well, I want to do more pull-ups, so it would be really helpful. <laughs> to not have 10 pounds. Yeah, if I wasn't, had a 20-pound dumbbell on my gut, right? Or, like, I want to do a ring muscle-up, so it would be, like, really nice if I didn't have to do it with, like, a 20-pound dumbbell around my waist, right? And so, like, once I started doing nutritional coaching, like, then I just started crushing PRs. Like, mm -hmm. it was, so Danielle put me on, like, I got off of keto, and, um... Like, we did just tracking macros, uh, like, high protein. Like, you have no idea how much fat you're eating until you actually start tracking. Mm -hmm. And then... Especially uh, if you come off keto. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, and, like, there's... I was just eating, like, so many calories and fat. And just the way that I was cooking with tons of oils and all these butters and all these things. And... Um, yeah, I lost another 20 pounds. I like I went like down like 12% body fat or something like that. And nice. so, um, yeah, we're on a reverse now. Um, Where you're starting to increase your calories mm -hmm, again mm -hmm. while still trying to maintain or potentially continue eating now. Yeah, so uh, I haven't gained any weight. Like I've gained like two, three pounds maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, but like I've like gone up from like 2,100 calories to 2,500 calories um, and I haven't gained. Nice. Gained anyway. What do you see as pros and cons of these, these two different approaches, which are pretty different, but what are some of the things that you see as potentially better with a macronutrient-based approach versus keto or vice versa? Well, keto is a tool, like I said. So like in my opinion, keto is a tool so you can intermittent fast, so you can drop a ton of weight. Yeah. That, it's all that's for, right? Macro, if you wanna do good in the gym, like if you wanna like, it, you can lose weight cutting, no questions asked. Like if you mm -hmm. like get on 1800 calories a day of Twinkies or whatever, you, you can lose weight for sure. It's gonna be incredibly hard to do, or at least for me, it would be incredibly yeah. hard to do. Uh, like for all the reasons that we talked about. Tracking your macros, if you really want to push yourself forward in the gym and take it serious, like in my words, take it seriously, like then like it, it's an excellent tool for you to run faster, lift harder, you know, lift mm -hmm. heavier, uh, like have more endurance. And um, like the other thing too is like I work shift work, like my job, I work, yeah. you know, I work night shift and I work day shift. It's made my ability, like oddly, and I don't have any sense of it why, but it's made my ability to get in and out of night shift ever since I started tracking macros, not keto, like ever yeah. since I started tracking macros, like unbelievably easy. It's wow. like, it wasn't like such a hard task and the taxing on the body to swap from on the night shift and then once you're on night shift, back on to being a normal day walker. Uh, but like, for whatever reason, 
like tracking macros, eating healthy. Um, like part of the things about tracking macros is like you almost never eat out because it's impossible to track, <laughs> right? And so I like, um, you save a ton of money on like not eating out, a ton of money on not eating out. Uh, and so, but for whatever reason, like just eating whole foods and vegetables and the whole thing, like my ability to get on and off night shift has been like night, you know, no pun intended, <laughs> night and day. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I, it's been really, my skin, like my skin has been clearer than it's ever been. Like I used to get, this is gross, I used to get like bad back knee, mm -hmm. gone, totally gone. And um, what do you think? I guess, could you pinpoint a certain aspect of it or do you just think sort of this balanced diet has contributed? Has it made you eat more vegetables or anything like that that you feel like is also adding positive benefits? Yeah, I have no clue. I would, if I had to guess, I, if I had to guess, I'm like fully invested in vitamins. You know what I'm saying? Like I get every vitamin there is because- From like, your food, your Yes, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. What's been the worst plateau or hardest plateau in the last roughly two years, was there a moment that you had a lot of doubt or you felt like you're going backwards and how did you overcome that? I used to like rate my dates. Like if I knew I ate keto or I knew I like was like true to my fast and I knew I worked out, it was like check, check, grade A. Like, mm -hmm. like you did a good job that day, right? And if I was plateauing like three, four, five days and it was incredibly infuriating, as long as I like checked the box mentally, like I had a great, like I knew what I was doing, like was going to eventually work out for me. It wasn't like, I wasn't about to give up. Yeah. Right? And especially like once you get so much weight off, you're never, you're not going back. Right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I believe that that's the secret to success in any area, which is you have this really big why, but then you're extremely process focused in terms of the day-to-day -day of what's under your control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just do the, that day's work. Yeah. You just do that day's work. Like, did you eat keto? Yes. Did you fast? Yes. Did you work out? Yes, right? And whether or not the scale moves, like, obviously, it's incredibly important, but, like, if you're in a plateau, you have to lean into those things mm -hmm. in order to keep moving or else, like, you're just going to give up, you know, and, like, that's opposite right like, yeah it's not where you're going to go, obviously so how are, we've had conversations about this how are you applying what you're learning in workouts to work and life outside the gym you know how is this this evolved to be more than just weight loss yeah so this is this is going to sound like I'm a, like a televangelist for <laughs> CrossFit but it's basically made my life better in almost every way like and that sounds so stupid to say yeah. But it's absolutely, like, without question, it's, like, one of the better decisions I've ever made. Mm -hmm. And, like, um, what we were talking about the other day is, like, there's this, like, rhythmic and harmonic quality to the rep timer. Mm -hmm. Like, the, like when you're, like, in an AMRAP or an EMOM <laughs> or whatever, you know, uh, whatever it is, there's, like, that, like, timing. Like, it's, like, the seconds are always moving, and then when you get down, it makes the, the beep, beep, beep noise. <laughs> Right. Um, you have the tiger at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> or and, uh, panther. I don't know, whatever, whatever cat that is <laughs> that scratches the screen or whatever, 
there's like a rhythmic and a harmonic quality to it along with like the depreciating value set of the rep scheme right and like after a while i kind of noticed that like you start to think like oh you're doing like an imam you're like all right 80 percent done and then you're like all right 70 percent done 60 percent done and then like when like your lactic acid starts to like really build up and you were like oh my god i'm done right <laughs> uh you start to think like the numbers like that rhythmic and harmonic and depreciating value set starts to like creep into my mind where i'm like all right well you're 50 percent done so you might as well give it like keep the integrity with the reps mm -hmm. right you might as well just keep it going and so like i would start doing that in the gym in our during our workouts and then um outside the gym i noticed like when i was like at a place that i didn't want to be mm -hmm. right like and i was like epically bored or i was just like i don't know i was doing something i really don't want to do i would start to have that like <laughs> rhythmic and harmonic depreciating value set like start to kick in and it wasn't something that i did consciously it just happens mm -hmm. right where you're like oh well i got like an hour left or i got two hours left or like you know like let's say you're like moving a bunch of rocks this is a dumb yeah. analogy but you're like well every rock i move is depreciating the value set right and so you just might as well just keep moving it and so it's this odd add-on to my life that i never saw coming you know and then um like the other thing too is like I like I told you I'm like a huge Rogan fan, yeah. you know, and he always has these guys on that are like, oh, I, I ran like a hundred miles in like three hours, and like <laughs> they're they're really impressive people. Um, but like I always used to think like old fatty me would think like be listening to it and be like, you know what, like no one's making you do that, like that's stupid, like what are you doing, right? Yeah. And then, like, but when I was in the Navy, when I was on submarine, being on a submarine is an extremely hard life. The lifestyle is unbelievably hard. Like, I was underwater one time for 92 days straight. Wow. It's like being in prison. Like, seriously. Yeah. And, like, there are, like, it kind of illuminated the fact to me, like, being here illuminated the fact that there's, like, two kinds of struggle. There's inorganic struggle and organic struggle. And like organic struggle is like you joined the Navy not knowing how crappy it was gonna be and now you're stuck underwater and like you're like by risk of you going to jail you can't quit. That's like or like you're from enough rough neighborhood and you have bad parents and so you learn to be streetwise and like that's organic struggle. Like these guys that like do nine murphs in a day, that's inorganic struggle. Right, they're creating it for themselves. Yeah, and I used to like discount that. Like no one's holding that gun to your head telling you to do nine murphs, right? Mm -hmm. So like that's not as good as organic struggle, right? Mm -hmm. But like you need that struggle in your life, right? It's critical to a person's health, like I think mental health, to have some sort of struggle yeah. in their life and um, the reason I was thinking about this last night the reason that any struggle whether it's inorganic or organic struggle is so critical is because it teaches it who you are as a person mm -hmm. right like when things are tough when you don't want to go harder or faster or you don't want to do something but you struggle through it it teaches you 
who you are as a person. Like it breaks your identity down and reveals your true nature to yourself. And like that's critical to your mental well-being because without that, you don't really know who you are. Yeah. And so like um, what's funny about like going from, in my instance, like an organic struggle to mm-hmm. now inorganic struggle is like, your body can't really tell the difference or your like mental awareness can't like really tell the difference. And so you start to like feel like, I start to feel like my old self again. I start to feel uh, like I know who I am again. And so like it's been an enormous, you know, obviously physical journey for me, but it's been an enormous mental journey from like positive mental journey for me. Uh, And like, especially being, I think a lot of people don't talk about, being a dad right like being a dad like i think culturally dads are like there's like the dad bod (laughs) and there's like dads are oafs or dads are like incompetent or dads are you know just things that like you know not sort of not a pejorative like dads are loved but they're not like um these like sharpened spears of men right and like i kind of felt when i when my wife and I had kids, I had like really struggled with being like full of moxie and grit and going to be in a fat dad. And then when I lost the weight and came here and I saw other dads like really struggling and really getting their bodies in shape and really getting their mental acuity like and sharpening their spear, like it was really empowering, like really empowering. And so like that was a huge, uh, a huge help for me you know and so um i yeah crossfit has been like i again i'm gonna sound like i'm like in a, i'm evangelizing <laughs> the like i'm like the crossfit um the trope of the cross like oh, i love crossfit <laughs> right but like i think that it, it, you could substitute crossfit with like any like extraordinarily yeah. hard like workout regimen but like you know i came here i landed here and that's what happened you yeah know? So yeah. yeah, I think I think you being open to it, you allowing that to happen, is really what's enabled so much of this positive transformation. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you remember that. I said when I first walked in, I said I'll give I'll give it six months. Yeah. I'm gonna like we'll, I'll give it six months and we'll see. And I like showed up. I still do it. I show up five days a week without fail. Uh, like I don't cherry pick workouts. Like I don't like yeah. if like I'm awful at overhead squats but like i'll go give it a go you know and um yeah i I think like you have to remain like you have to like your ego isn't your friend right Mm -hmm. and that's like another thing that like i really enjoy about coming here is getting my butt whooped (laughs) like like so when i came here and i was going to the globo gym i was like yeah i'm in shape like i can lift weights and stuff like that and I'll never forget we were doing my one of my very first the first week maybe like the last day of that week or whatever we were doing clean and jerks and um, I don't want to say her name but there was this girl in my class that cleaned 135 right and I was like I did 95 and I was like oh that's kind of heavy but then I saw this girl do 135 and I was like my ego brain was like you cannot let that girl out clean you. So I tried to do 135 and I like tweaked my back, man. And I was like, oh my God. But 
getting your butt kicked like that really puts your ego in check, yeah. right? And so uh, I find that to be such a positive thing for you to not feel like the man, like for people to like outrun you or for people to outlift you or to compete, come in here and compete and just like give it your all and then have like, just have people just totally crush you. And like, I find that to be like really empowering because it beats your ego back, right? And then when you beat your ego back, then you're more open to saying like, okay, I can improve on this thing here. Mm -hmm. I can improve on that thing here. And you're more realistic with yourself about who you are as an athlete and as a person, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it forces you to get to the essence of what you really want out of this versus just winning or being better than someone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so uh, because you're like you're you're never gonna win every workout, right? Yeah. And like you're never is gonna be as fast as the fastest guy, or you're never gonna be as strong as the strongest guy. And like, that's what I enjoy about it also is like the journey aspect of it, right? Like I've been doing this for a year now and like compared to when I started, like I'm in amazing shape, amazing shape. I'm still not as good as I'd like to be. And I don't really know if I'll ever get there. It's like a journey thing. It's not a really a destination, Yeah. you know? And so like beating back your ego and getting your butt whooped is a critical piece to you staying on the journey because if you got there right then like what's the incentive to like continue on your journey like you won you know just uh give up go do like parasailing i don't know <laughs> do something else right and so like um yeah i i love getting my butt like love it like when i'm on the turf in there and i'm like upside down turtled <laughs> and like i can like barely catch a breath and like I feel like I want to throw up. I'm at my happiest because like I like I know I gave it my all, and most assuredly someone is going to come in the 4:30 class and just destroy me, like my time, right? And so I really thoroughly enjoy uh, like that aspect of it, you know. And also like my other advice for people is like really be mindful of what self-talk is. Um, useful to you just like don't like don't be like um when i said like your why like don't be super critical or judgmental of your why like if it works for you just use it mm -hmm. the same thing is for self-talk like i know like for my wife i i'm pretty sure like positive upbeat self-talk for her is like really motivating yeah but for me it's the opposite i am my self-criticism is insane like when i'm in the middle of a workout like I like like I still will just be like you know what you're still fat like you're still a piece of whatever right and I will like tough talk the crap out of myself because this for me at least uh, the second I think like I'm someone then I, I will start to creep in well then you don't have to come anymore like you're already someone so you don't have to come in and try like you're already someone you don't have to like keep going like you don't have to keep putting one foot in front of you. you've made it right and so like i still view myself as 116 pounds over like yeah i know that i've lost all the weight but like i when i'm like at my toughest 
like my self criticisms or like when we're having like some of the tougher workouts my self criticism is like through the roof mm -hmm. and like I almost have like a hard time taking on compliments because like I'll almost convince myself of the nasty things that I say to myself and so like um, knowing but that doesn't work for everyone right like that would not work for my wife right but it works for me so like being cognizant and mindful of what self-talk works for you is like also critical because like you know you you should it's a tool just like keto it's a tool that yeah. you need to use in order to improve yourself you know I'm glad you brought that up because I'm actually going to challenge you. That's going to—that's my goal for you. Is the next evolution of Andrew is to be as good or better without needing to beat yourself down in workouts. Well, you think it's a negative thing? I mean, I'll, I'll challenge. I'll just take your challenge. But like, it's not a negative. Like, it's—it's it's like I'm not like tough talking myself outside the gym. Like, I don't lack confidence. Yeah. Right. But like, it's like a. I saw this thing like Tom Brady was talking about not that I would compare myself to Tom Brady but like oh he uses a lot of that outside motivation yeah exactly Tom Brady is like people are saying like Tom Brady like focuses solely on the things that Tom Brady can't do everyone outside of Tom Brady just focuses on all the rings and all the accolades mm -hmm. and all these things right not that I have any of that right <laughs> but like he, Tom Brady focuses on the things that he can't do, right? Like, I focus on the fact that I can't do a barred muscle-up. Yeah. I focus on the fact that I can't do a ring muscle-up. I focus on the fact that I can't clean 315, right? Like, I focus on all these things that, like, I can't do because I find those extremely motivating, right? Like, if I, like, I recently PR'd my mile time, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, I got like a 630. If I was to focus on, oh my God, like you got a 630, <laughs> like good for you, you've made Eva ride, yeah. right? Then like the next time, like wh what motivation is there for me to go to like a five, not uh, you know, like a yeah. 550 or whatever, or a 610 or you know, whatever's next. And so like, I think it's like just being mindful of, again, like what works for you, like what self-talk works for you, yeah, you know, and like, yeah, I, I I love it. I I love um, the when I'm about to throw up, I'm at my happiest. <laughs> it's so weird to say, but like it's totally true. The first week I was here, uh, I like went home and dry heaved in my driveway after one of our workouts, and I was like, "This is amazing! Like this is the best thing ever!" And that's because like I wanted to like set up, you know, uh, I wanted like I wanted that you know yeah it was really awesome so cool well, we'll wrap up on that thanks for joining us andrew i really you. appreciate uh you being on the episode and uh sharing so much and and uh really proud of your transformation everything you put into yeah the town and yeah well, i else. mean it is you guys run one of the best businesses like i'm not just saying this like you guys want to run one of the best businesses i've ever like not just gym like businesses I've ever been a part of so I appreciate that yeah man all right thanks guys we'll see you on the next one